You ready for Basecamp Fitness's best deal yet? Seven days for $7. That's right, seven days for $7. It's time to double down on your fitness goals and snag this offer before it's gone. Call or text Basecamp Fitness at 913-232-9770 or go to BasecampFitness.com to learn more. 56468 and you are guaranteed a $10 Gold Liberty coin minted by the U.S. Mint in the 1800s. But with extremely limited availability, you must call now. These Gold Liberty coins from the 1800s are still in uncirculated condition. That is history you can hold in your hand. To learn more, call 1-800-495-6468. Call now and you'll receive a free American Coin Collector's Bonus Package, a $40 value, free with every order. Call 1-800-495-6468 now to secure your $10 Gold Liberty Coins dated from the 1800s before they sell out. That's 1-800-495-6468. John, what are you doing? Get in my car. So why are you walking to work? <sighs> Thanks, man. It's these insanely high gas prices. They're draining my bank account. I can't afford to drive anymore. Dude, don't walk. Just do what I do because I never pay full price for gas anymore. I use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Oh, wait. You're telling me you get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around Wow, that's serious cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code FULL for a $5 bonus on your first tank. That's promo code FULL. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code FULL for a $5 bonus on your first tank. That's code FULL for a $5 bonus. Wichita's home for Chiefs coverage. ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. I, I told y'all before the season, we got, we got Coach Andy Reid, we got guys like Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, Frank Clark. We're going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. Coach Reid, there's some reports out there that you might retire. I, mean, I think I'm going to hang around. Uh, I'm not going to say dynasty yet. We're not done. So I'm not going to say dynasty yet. When you want the latest on your favorite teams, tune into Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. I'm Christine Lisi. The NFL's franchise tag window is open, and some huge names could be tagged, like Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson. Baltimore can use the exclusive or non-exclusive tag on him as they try to work out a long-term contract. What the Ravens do with the former NFL MVP is a big deal, explains ESPN NFL reporter Jeff Darlington. They could put on one of two tags, the exclusive or the non-exclusive. I do expect the Ravens to tag Lamar Jackson, but we need to be very clear about this. That does not mean necessarily that he will play on that tag in 2023. Instead, that is a stopgap to work toward a long-term extension. The franchise tag window ends on March 7th. NBA Nets coach Jacques Vaughn agreed to a multi-year extension. The deal is expected to keep him under contract through the 2026-2027 season, reports ESPN's Adrian Morjanowski. Bulls guard Lonzo Ball will miss the rest of the season as he continues to experience discomfort in his knee during basketball activities despite arthroscopic knee surgery before the season. NHL Avstar star defenseman Cal McCarr back in concussion protocol out at least the next two games. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. They're close, convenient, and have the parts you need fast, along with excellent customer service from professional parts people you can trust. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit O'ReillyAuto.com. This is a public service announcement. 
sponsored by Just Blaze and the good folks at Rockefeller Records. Fellow Americans, it is with the utmost pride and sincerity that I present this recording as a living testament and recollection of history in the making during our generation. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho, Ho, H to the O-V. I used to move snowflakes by the number two. Here on the Pulse on Wichita Sports Leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. You can also stream us online at ESPNWichita.com, on the TuneIn app, and also on your favorite smart speaker. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Pat Strothman, producing the show is Jack Johnson. Don't call the phone lines now, but we do have the number for you later on for the show, 316-669-4996. You can always text whenever, 316-247-0923. That will never be bogged down, if you will. You can always text, 316-247-0923. Twitter, ESPN Wichita, Pat Strothman, Johnny J underscore 15, and... uh, Facebook, ESPN, Wichita, 92.3. Here in hour number two, it is tag day, if you will, in the National Football League. I mean, not really, but the opening window is now out there, so we'll talk about that here shortly, and then we will finish up the show with a little Take Two Tuesday with Jack Johnson. But right now, it's time for our Tuesday segment with Taylor Eldridge of the Wichita Eagle. He's brought to you by You Build It, where your home's in your hands. Customers save 20% or more on their dream home. Call or text 316-260-2044 today. That's 316-260-2044. Taylor, before we dive into Wichita State men's basketball, figured that we would start with Wichita State softball and talk about this incredible hitter, in Sydney McKinney, who is batting what seven seven one? I think I got the number correctly there. Off to a tremendous start. Just logged her three hundredth career hit at Wichita State's, and has a chance to finish in the top ten all time in NCAA Division One history. So, your thoughts on Sydney McKinney, and I guess where does she rank in the? Uh, I don't know if I want to say Mount Rushmore of Wichita State athletes, but. There's no doubt that she's got to be in the top ten, I would say, in Wichita State history. Yeah, I mean, this is a you know a once in a you know generation talent at Wichita State. You know, you're not going to see another softball player like her uh, more than likely. You know, come through Wichita State, and you know she has stamped her mark as one of the premier headers in college softball, not just for you know mid majors, but for all of college softball. You know, she got a stint with the team USA this past summer and uh she's that good I mean she could play for any any team in the country and uh you know you know you're good I mean there were a couple of games this last weekend where she went three for four and her average came down that's how good she's been you know to to start this season and uh yeah I mean she's uh uh you know obviously the all-time heads leader for Wichita State just absolutely crushed uh the previous record she's at 302 I was looking at the all-time chart and I mean if she keeps hitting 770 I mean she might catch the all-time leader at 405 but you know probably a little too far away uh but she can move up I mean I was looking uh, she can probably make it top five all-time in college softball history wow. with her uh, career hits and 
you know, she's got a 29-game hitting streak right now, which is tied for the 11th longest in, in NCAA history. So she is moving up the record books. And uh, like I said, you know, Wichita State fans need to appreciate her. This is her last year in Wichita. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of home games at Wilkins Stadium uh, this spring. So a lot of chances to go out and, and watch. You know, obviously they're a, a fun team to, to watch with their explosive offense. And, uh, Sid's, uh, you know, right at the top of the lineup, and uh, she's the table setter, and, uh, you know, obviously the, the best to ever do it in Wichita. Eight and three start for Wichita State softball, as Taylor brought up, Cindy McKinney. I'm going to go watch her at Wilkins Stadium. A lot of opportunities to do that in Wichita. Cindy's actually going to be on the show tomorrow here on the, uh, here on the polls coming up at 302. So that would be a great, great segment to look out for tomorrow here on the show. Taylor, speaking of Wichita State softball, before we move on to the next thing, pitching, is, is that still the, the number one concern for Wichita State this year? Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, it's actually been, uh, you know, probably better than, uh, what I, what I thought it was going to be, uh, coming in. Uh, you know, Lauren Howe has had a great start and, uh, you know, they've got some good starts from, uh, the freshman, uh, Alex Aguilar and then, uh, Allison Cooper has been lights out as well. So, you know, it's actually been kind of the offense that has let WSU down in these important, uh, you know, resume building wins, uh, or opportunities for wins. So, uh, you know, they're eight and three. Uh, if you look at like the projected top 50 games, and remember, these are all on the road or neutral, so these are tough, tough uh, games to win, but you know, they're, they're one and three in those opportunities so far. So, uh, you know, they've, uh, they've, they've had uh, chances for some nice resume building wins. And, uh, you know, they, they came up just short, uh, San Diego State, and then uh, kind of, uh, you know, didn't have a good game against Boise State. But there, there's more chances coming up. Uh, this weekend they play North Texas, which is uh, another team that should be top 50 on the road. So if they, they're able to, to split those, uh, split that matchup, get at least one win, that would be a, a success uh, coming away from this weekend. So, uh, you know, uh, Christy Bradbender has put together a very difficult schedule non-conference and uh you know they're obviously trying to build that resume up you know they're, they're expecting to be in a regional this year and obviously the goal for them is to, to make it to a super uh so to, to, to do that you're going to have to you know try to get outside of you know the ou oklahoma state arkansas uh those regionals you know those are top five teams in the country so uh you know the shockers are doing their best to, to you know uh build a resume that's worthy of of, uh, you know, getting a good spot in, in the postseason. Yeah, and also switching over to baseball real quick, Lauren Hibbs getting that first win as interim head coach of the baseball program. The first two games they lost at Long Beach State, 2 nothing and 6-5 in walk-off fashion, but then they get the uh, series finale 11-6 to to give Lauren Hibbs his first win as the head coach of the Shockers. Your thoughts on Wichita State baseball? I, I know two tough losses to start, but at the end of the day, this very easily could have been a sweep for Wichita State had the bats come alive in game one and had they hung on to the lead in game two. Yeah, I mean, that game two loss, uh, that was the one that, that kind of hurt because, uh, you know, they had just rallied. Uh, they were up 4-2, you know, heading to the bottom of the seventh. They, they let Long Beach tie it up. And then Brock Rodden comes through in the clutch, go-ahead RBI in the top of the ninth. They take a one-run lead into the bottom of the ninth. And if they would have won that, then you're, you know, if you if they would have won that series, 
uh, you know, to start the year at Long Beach State, you have been feeling really, really good. Uh, but obviously they, they give up a two-run bomb walk-off uh, to lose that game too. So that kind of soured, uh, you know, the, the, the takeaway from this. But, uh, you know, it was good to see the bats for them to, to kind of wake up uh, that third game and kind of take out that frustration and uh, to come away with one win, you know, that was, uh, you know, that was probably, uh, you know, what you wanted. Uh, obviously, you would have loved to, to get a series win. But, you know, taking one from a California team that's been practicing outdoors for, you know, the last month, uh, that that's uh, something they can work with. And now, uh, you know, the, the series coming up at Utah Tech, that's one that, that you would like to see, you know, WSU win. So we'll see if, uh, you know, the Shockers, if the, the pitching continues to be, uh, you know, as, as good as it was that opening weekend. Uh, you know, obviously they play a doubleheader. Uh, actually, I think they play four and four, uh, four days now. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's going to be a challenge for them uh, to see how the arms last, uh, you know, pitching four straight days. But, uh, you know, that's a series that Wichita State could, uh, you know, start to build some momentum early in the year before they, they come home uh, the following week. Yeah, definitely a change with that baseball schedule as tomorrow there will be a game against Utah Tech at 3 o'clock and then one on Thursday at 3, Friday at 5, and then Saturday at 1. So things have been moved around because of forecasted inclement weather out there in St. George, Utah. Taylor Eldridge, our guest from the Wichita Eagle, he's brought to you by You Build It. Now we're switching over to men's basketball, Wichita State taking on Memphis coming up on Thursday Last time out, Wichita State got the win at Temple, 79-65. to Not going to lie, Taylor, I thought this was going to be a typical Wichita State game where the Shockers would be up, there would be a late run by a team, Wichita State wouldn't be able to finish the game off the right way, and that team would get the win. Instead, I like to think this is a step forward for Wichita State as the Shockers, after falling behind, they hit Temple with a big-time run. Wichita State scored 15 points in a row to take control and ultimately won by 14 in a place where they never won before while being in the American. So it felt like a big step forward for the Shockers as we continue to progress here closer to March. Your top takeaway from the game at Temple last week. Yeah, it was just uh, how much better this team has been on the road uh, finishing games than it has been at home. You know, all of the collapses, uh, you know, th- throughout the season have happened at Coke Arena. And uh, WSU has actually been really good on the road. I think they're 6-2, uh, and two, and, you know, they have a four-game four winning streak uh, right now. Uh, you know, they've won four in a row in conference play and uh you know you're right you know uh it looked like it was headed that direction they got up nine they were playing really well then they hit one of their poor stretches uh you know it happened you know right around that same time about the the 10 nine minute mark in the second half where they they kind of let go of the rope and uh they let temple score 13 straight and they fall down by four and it just had that feeling of like man they're gonna uh you know let another one slip away but uh, what an impressive uh, response, uh, like you said, to, to score 15, 16 uh, points in a row uh, to pull away from a close game and, and uh, close the door on a game like that. That was uh, very impressive. You know, they switched to that zone defense down the stretch, got them a lot of stops. But really, you know, the story is Craig Porter, uh, you know, had a really 
uh, poor game by his standards for the first, you know, 34 uh, minutes of that game and then just took over down the stretch and, uh, you know, step back three after step back three. He had the nice alley-oop and transition to Kenny Poto. Uh, you know, he was at his best when Wichita State absolutely needed him. So uh, another, uh, you know, crunch time masterpiece from Craig. And then obviously Jaquan Walton kind of tacked on a few at the end ends up with 21 he was uh very good throughout as well so you know that one two punch and you got james rojas playing uh bouncing back from uh, a poor game against smu he finishes with a double double kenny poto with 12 points so uh you know that that core four you know those guys have been playing really really well uh for you know four or five uh maybe even six weeks now so they're starting to find some consistency in that starting lineup and uh, and now it's a tough stretch. You know, we talked a lot earlier this season about how important it was for Wichita State to bank those wins at home against uh, overmatched competition. And this is why, because the the end of the season is very, very difficult. Memphis at home, now uh, after that at Tulane, at Houston. So they're going to be underdogs in all three of those games. They were underdog on the road against uh, Temple. So, you know, the the very – uh, end of the schedule is very tough. That's why, you know, that home loss to East Carolina, uh, letting the two-lane game at home slip away, UCF one slip away, you know, that's what hurts right now because, you know, those are three wins right there. You, you flip those around, now they're 10-4 and four and in prime position for, you know, a top four, top four seed in the tournament and uh, almost a lock for a first-round bye. But now they're, they're in a kind of a tough spot. You know, they're one game back from Cincinnati and Temple. Uh, for that that four or five seed, and uh, they got the toughest schedule remaining, so they're going to have to uh, pull you know some magic out of their hat to to uh, get that first round by. But uh, you know they've been playing uh, better as of late. Big test uh, coming this Thursday, though. Yeah, no doubt. As they take on Memphis, we'll see if they can continue their their good play. I've just been impressed because I think early on the season. I think there are so many people that wrote off Wichita State, and, you know, rightfully so. You kind of watch the games, and you're thinking, well, I don't know if it's really there. I don't know if it's really in the cards of this team. But as of late, they've been playing some darn good basketball, and I'm not going to say they're going to win the American Athletic Conference postseason tournament because there's so much that has to happen. So much has to go right in order for them to somehow, some way, make it to the NCAA tournament. But, I can't help but just go, well, at the end of the day, you should be playing your best ball going into the month of March, right? And aren't we seeing that from this Wichita State team, a team that has a, a boatload of new faces? Have we finally seen this team gel a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we have. You know, they're, they're definitely improved. You know, you think uh, back to the first, you know, five, six weeks of the season, uh, you know, they were struggling to crack 50 points. Uh, you know, one of the worst teams in the country with assists, one of the worst shooting teams in the country, and uh, they still can't make threes. I mean, their three-point percentage is uh, sure. really bad still, but, uh, you know, they've really turned it around by playing inside out, getting more post touches for James Rojas and Kenny Poto. Uh, they're just playing different basketball. Uh, the ball is moving better. They're, they're executing better from their sets. Uh, remember, you know, I was saying early in the year, they're running good stuff. They're just not executing. Now we're starting to see them uh, do the little things, like actually set screens and cut off of them and keep the ball moving and uh, look for uh, cutters 
So, you know, their, their, uh, their offense has definitely turned it around. You know, I think they've been averaging, uh, like 78 points for the last, like, 11 or 12 games. So, uh, it's been a huge turnaround on the offensive end. The defense has taken a step back, but, you know, they are winning more. You know, after that 0-3 start to conference play, you know, they, they're, uh, 7 and 4 now. And, you know, like I said, two of those losses, UCF and Tulane, uh, you know, they, they had those games won and kind of, uh, you know, just, uh, uh, botched it down the stretch, and obviously they had a chance against Houston at home as well. So, you know, they're, they're playing better basketball, but, uh, you know, Wichita State, the expectation is, uh, you know, it's pretty high. You know, the, these fans expect uh, to be in postseason, uh, to be in the mix for an NCAA tournament. Uh, so there, there's no reason why the Shockers shouldn't be able to, to be up there, but uh, given the circumstances of this team, like you said, how many uh, newcomers they've had, uh, you know, it is encouraging i guess to see the the progress being made but yeah i mean that that first you know two months of the season uh that's what's gonna uh a lot of a lot of games they wish they had back early in the season or else you know this this, uh this year would look totally different because you can go up and down the line the the schedule and you can pick out probably five six maybe even seven games that wichita state uh you know had won or were in position to win you know the last five minutes of the game where they just kind of let that one go, and obviously, you know, all the all the things would have to break their way, but it's not that crazy to, to think that, you know, uh, if if they could just finish, you know, we'd be talking about a team that would be on the NCAA tournament bubble right now. Uh, you know, if they, they they could finish those games and you know take care of business at home against uh, Alcorn State and uh, East Carolina, so they're not as far away as I feel like some of the fans think they are. Uh, you know, if this is rock bottom, you know, I think any, a lot of, a lot of schools in the country would give this, uh, you know, trade this. I mean, they're 113 in Ken Palm. Uh, you know, their net is, uh, uh, about the same. So, you know, if this is rock bottom, it's pretty good rock bottom. But, uh, you know, I think Wichita State's not that far away from what the fans think they are. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I think that with the expectations around here, you know, missing the postseason twice, two years in a row, that's going to be pretty tough to, to, to deal with. But you never know, you know, in March, if they're playing their best basketball. Uh, like you say, you know, who knows what could happen in Fort Worth. Yeah, no doubt. All right, well, up next, they take on Memphis, and then they have Houston. As, as we brought up, this is a, a tough stretch here for the Shockers, one being at Charles Cook Arena, the other being at number one, Houston. Yeah, Houston's back to being the number one ranked team in the country. Instead of focusing on Houston, I think we all know what the recipe has to be there for the Shockers. Let's take a look at what's going to take place on Thursday when they welcome the Tigers. Kendrick Davis, I know you you asked Isaac Brown about Kendrick Davis earlier today. Uh, I imagine he's going to be playing on Thursday. And this Memphis team, I don't know, I look at this Memphis team, I think it's pretty, I think people are like, well, they're still talented, which they are, but they're still very much an up-and-down team. I, I, it's hard for me to get a read on Memphis and what they can really do. They're, they're hot and cold, I feel like, a lot of the times. So when you take a look at this matchup coming up on Thursday, where really, what really has to happen for the Shockers if they want to get the W? Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to, to handle their, their run-and-jump uh, defense. And, uh, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about, you know, WSU's issues. Uh, with those late-game collapses, a lot of the times it has to – it centers around – not being able to take care of the basketball, you know, uh, they they rank about right in the middle of turnovers, but 
their turnovers a lot of times are like at the worst possible times, you know, down the stretch of close games, and they've had a lot of ill-time turnovers. So, uh, you know, the Shockers, uh, that's going to be their biggest focus coming into this is just dealing with Memphis's pressure. Obviously, they're going to gamble a lot. They like to, to send traps, just random traps, to try to force you out of your game plan. And uh, like IB has said before, I mean, it's tough to run sets against Memphis because, you know, they just uh, they play that, that hyper-aggressive style of defense. And, uh, you know, running a set every time is just not going to work. You've got to be able to, to cash in on those opportunities uh, you know, when you break the the, um, the double team and you have that three on two uh, or the four on three, you got to find the open shooter or the open player. So you know, WSU's just got to, uh, like Ivy said today, you know, you got to play smart basketball against them. And if you're able to uh, to be smart and make good decisions and take care of the ball, you're going to have success against Memphis. But uh, you know, they thrive on speeding up opponents and making them make mistakes. And uh, they've been pretty good, you know, for, uh, you know, they've won, uh, I think, eight of their last ten, uh, you know, two losses at o- in overtime against Tulane. And uh, Houston, you know, they had a chance to be down one with uh, 90 seconds left of that game. And, uh, you know, a guy uh, blew a wide-open layup. So uh, that was without Kendrick Davis, too. So, you know, they're, they're playing pretty good basketball right now. They're obviously fighting for uh, the NCAA tournament berth. You know, they're right on the bubble. Uh, you know, I think they're top, I think they're 35 or something, or top 40 at least on Ken Palm. And, uh, so they're, they're right in the mix. So they're, they can't afford a loss at Wichita State because, you know, that's, uh, I think that would be, uh, it might be a Q2, uh, loss, but, you know, they can't afford, uh, losses at this point in the season, you know, when you're right on the bubble. So they need this win. They're going to be hungry. And, uh, WSU obviously has, uh, you know, they they want to get a top five seed and get that first round by in Fort Worth. So uh, we'll see about Kendrick Davis. You know, that was a pretty uh, nasty injury. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, now that Alex Lomax is back, if he actually sets out again. But, uh, you know, I, I would say it's probably a 50-50 bet. And like I'd be said, you know, Wichita State is going to prepare like he's going to be playing on Thursday. All right, Taylor, thank you so much for your time, as always. You have yourself a wonderful week, although I guess i got to ask. NBA All-Star Weekend, uh, do you think the NBA just needs to go after a professional dunker like Mac McClung for the dunk contest? Yeah, the if uh, people know who Jordan Kilgannon is, they, they need to get that guy in there. Matt McClellan <laughs> actually said he uh, stole one of his uh, dunk ideas for the contest. So if you can get that the Jordan guy and a couple other uh, professional dunkers, uh, I think that would be more entertaining since, uh, you know, the stars don't want to do it. So you might as well just bring in guys that are going to entertain. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Taylor, thanks so much. Have yourself a good week. All right, thanks for having me on. Taylor Eldridge of the Wichita Eagle here on The Pulse. You can check out his work on Kansas.com. You can pick up a hard copy of the Wichita Eagle. You can follow Taylor on Twitter. He's brought to you by You Build It, where your home's in your hands. Customers save 20% or more on their dream home. Call or text 316-260-2044 today. That's 316-260-2044. Later on in the show, take two Tuesday, but up next... Happy Tag Day. Well, you really don't start to see teams tag players, but this is when the window officially opens. We'll talk about tags in the NFL. That's next here on The Pulse on ESPN Wichita. The heartbeat of Wichita sports fans. 
The Pulse on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. With Heart Pharmacy and Home Medical, managing your medications has never been easier. Get your prescriptions customized in one monthly pickup with meds organized by date and time and securely sealed in easy open packages. When it's time to take your next dose, just peel the package open and your pills are there. That's all there is to it. No boxes, no bottles, no bother. Heart Pharmacy and Home Medical is your community health mart pharmacy. Visit us at 6217 East 13th Street, North Wichita, Kansas. Health Mart, taking the time to listen and care. Time to leave it all on the mat. For the fourth year in a row, the NAIA Wrestling National Championship is coming to Wichita March 3rd and 4th at Hartman Arena. 280 of the best collegiate wrestlers in the country will square off for team and individual national championships. This event is open to the public, and the championship session will be broadcast live on ESPN3. All session tickets are now on sale, and single session tickets will be available the day of the event. For more information, visit visitwichita.com. Don't miss it. What's the best product I bought this year? Oh, that's easy. Salon Paz Pain Relieving Patches. The proven medicines in Salon Paz Patches reduce my pain and let me do the things I need to do every day. In a recent clinical study, patients using Salon Paz reported improved sleep, mood, and the ability to work. They had less pain and were able to reduce their use of oral pain medications. For pain, I use Salon Paz. It's good medicine. Sponsored by Hizumitsu. By now, you know that sound. It's the sound of the Home Depot. But what about those sounds? Those are the sounds of a new laundry set that provides a powerful yet gentle clean in less time, making this the sound of savings on top brand appliances. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Get up to 25% off plus 750 instant savings on select appliances. Valid June 22nd through July 13th, U.S. only, gas dryer extra, see store for details. It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep your operation running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you, Raymond in Buffalo, Maria in Miami, and Jules in Troy, taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with high-quality supplies for every industry, plus real-time product availability and access to experts ready to help. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Here in Manhattan, every man is a wildcat. Into the corner for three. Yes, sir! Yes, sir! Join us for the start of a new era. Our next head basketball coach at Kansas State University, Jerome Tang. Be a part of a wildcat journey all season long on your home for Kansas State basketball. Tuesday, Kansas State faces Baylor. Hear the tip-off at 6 on the home of the Wildcats, ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. How many Jessings do you know? One from a previous job. I know uh, a Jesse, a guy, but I don't know. Yeah. Anywho. I think I know one Jesse, just in general. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. Only one Jesse. That's it. Was your Jesse, is is that Jesse a guy from a previous job? He was, job? yes. Okay. That's so. 
I never know. Nowadays, names can be used in, you know, with different genders, if you will. Gender neutral type of names, you know what I mean? Where you can use them for either or. I feel like any name could be turned into something like that. Anywho. Welcome back to The Pulse on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Jack Johnson producing. I'm Pat Strothman. Before we dive into some NFL talk, got to tell you about our friends at Twin Peaks, Ridge and Taft, 21st and Rock. Right now it's happy hour, extensive bourbon category, top shelf spirits, cocktails served over ice balls, local craft beers, handcrafted whiskey cocktails, 29-degree man-sized drafts. That is the lineup for happy hour. And no one knows happy hour like Twin Peaks. And if you're a fan of Twin Peaks, you should really consider signing up for their e-club to stay up to date on all things Twin Peaks. The best part, you score free stuff. Who doesn't like free? Signing up is easy. Just visit TwinPeaksRestaurant.com slash Peaks-Club to get started today. Coming up tomorrow, it's National Margarita Day. You a fan of On the Rocks, Frozen, Jack? Do you have a preference? Oh, On the Rocks or Frozen are both great. Doesn't matter to you. Uh, not really. I can do them. You don't have a preference. It doesn't matter. You have a preference? You don't have a preference? You just, hey, it's it's tequila, great, perfect. Yeah, no, I, I love both okay. probably equally. <laughs> I'm more of an on-the-rocks guy. I've always been more of a on-the-rocks guy. A frozen marg is only acceptable for me when I'm on a, a beach, but I'm always an on-the-rocks guy. If I can go on the rocks, I will. And coming up as well, so tomorrow, Lent officially kicks off. So Twin Peaks has you covered for Lent. Try the fish and chips bundled with a 22-ounce draft for a steal on Fridays or reel in one of their other seafood options like blackened fish tacos, shrimp Caesar, and char-grilled salmon. Seafood about to go up for me. Rich and Taft, 21st and Rock, Twin Peaks, two locations in Wichita. All right, before we get to our Take Two Tuesday, starting today, NFL teams can designate their franchise or transition players. Franchise tag candidates. We'll go through the list here shortly. We start with Orlando Brown Jr. because he's a Kansas City Chief. He played on the tag last year, 16.662 million dollars. He's 27 years old. Jack, do you know who has the biggest contract in value in the NFL? Sure you do. You know that, don't you? Uh, At left tackle. Oh, it's Trent Williams. Left tackles. Trent Williams. Yeah. 35 years old. Total value of $138 million. He's making 23 mil per year. Do you know who number two is? He's 32 years old. Is he making? Oh, I'm sorry. I take that back. His average per year is number two. Is uh, what position? Left tackle. These are oh. all left tackles. Oh, all I just want to tell gotcha. you about the left tackles. Gotcha. Yep. Left tackles. Um. Oh, place of the Green Bay Packers. Bakhtari. Bakhtari. You got it. 
making $23 million per year, a total value of $92 million. If you look at the total value, there's a Dallas Cowboy on here that it made $97.6 million. That's Tyron Smith, 33 years old for the Dallas Cowboys, $97.6 million. His average is $12.2 million, in case you're wondering. Number three would have been, as, as we talked about, actually, take that back. I missed this, too. Man, this list, the way that it's organized, is just very poor. So bear with me. Ronnie Stanley of the Ravens, 29 years old, 98.75 total, $4 million. And the average per year, 19.75. So you look at some of these contracts. Cam Robinson of the Jags. 52 mil. Garrett Bowles of the Broncos, 68 mil. Jake Matthews of the Falcons, 55 and a half mil. Laramie Tunsil, $66 million for the Texans. If you look at this list, there is one left tackle that was below $20 million. And that was Orlando Brown at $16.6 million because he was on the franchise tag last year. If the Chiefs were to place the franchise tag on Orlando Brown, or any offensive lineman for that matter, they would be paid $18.244 million. So that's up from the 16.6, jumps up to 18.24. That would be the price tag for Orlando Brown Jr., Orlando Brown, six foot eight, three hundred forty pounder. His age, he's twenty seven years old. In two thousand twenty two, Brown registered a pass block win rate of ninety one point eight percent when blocking for Patrick Mahomes at the left tackle position. I would imagine the Chiefs are going to slap the tag on him, and the only reason why they should slap the tag on him is simply just you keep other teams away from him while you make your final decision on Orlando Brown. The guy has been to the Pro Bowl. We've talked about that. Pro Bowls sometimes don't really add up to some people. Nowadays you want to be a first-team all-NFL guy rather than a Pro Bowl guy because there are some guys that earn Pro Bowl status, when in all reality, it's kind of a joke. Like, why do those guys, why does that guy have the Pro Bowl tag? He's not that great. Orlando Brown Jr. last year, not a lot of issues with him playing under the tag, at least there for a little bit. I think we were a little bit concerned, but he was able to report, no big deal, got the work. Chiefs tried to give him a a contract extension, he said, thanks for no thanks. They could deserve a little bit more money than that. Want to be a top three left tackle. That's what he wants. He wants to be paid like the big boys. So he bet on himself. And then you watched him throughout the year, and you're thinking, wow, this guy really bet on himself, and he's about to lose. He should have taken the contract that Kansas City gave him. So this year, here we go. Same type of. Scenario, Orlando Brown Jr., will he be tagged once again? I would imagine so, mainly to allow the Chiefs to figure out what to do with him. Kansas City's offseason is going to be interesting because we talked about it with Matt Derrick 
the whole Chris Jones thing with one year left on his contract, I say just give Chris Jones the money and call it good, but Brett Veach has also shown really what he thinks of, of guys that, that get to a certain age, if you will. He wants to make sure his roster is a little bit younger. There's a reason why he let go of Tyron Matthew and decided to go after Justin Reed. There's a reason why he did something like that. Now, the Chiefs are supposedly also looking at Trent Williams, and then Trent Williams was convinced to stay as a 49er, and that was that. So it's not like you can look at that and be like, well, that's Brett Veach's you know, standard, if you will, because he has certainly looked at some older guys before, but he's got a couple of decisions to make with both Chris Jones and Orlando Brown. At what point do you address the left tackle for the future for Kansas City? Is it Orlando Brown, or is it someone else? Orlando Brown, you slap the tag on him for 18 mil, and then you go, all right, it's either he plays for us or we'll find a trade to where we can go and get younger or maybe they pull off another trade. They have 11 draft picks this year. Maybe they pull off a, a trade for another left tackle. I'm not sure who would be in contention for that. Would Larry B. Tunsil be a trade option, Jack? Gosh, I, I think – I mean, he's 29. He's older, so I don't know why you would trade yeah, for him. I don't. I don't think he's it would make older. Too much sense. Agreed. So, like, I'm just trying to think. I'm just spitballing here by thinking of the different things that Kansas City could do. Because I I don't know if Brett Feach wants Orlando Brown Jr. to be the left tackle of the future. I don't know that. Although the contract extension last year handed out to him, maybe that is an indication that they want him there. But Brett Feach has his price. So what happened with Tyree Kill, there was a price point. And he looked at it and said, eh, sorry, not worth it. Let's trade him, get five draft picks, and balance out our roster. Brad Feach has always been that guy to kind of look one step ahead, if you will. So I'm going to be surprised if it was, again, something like that to where he goes, well, you know, Orlando Brown Jr., he's going to be – 20, 27 years old, he's going to be 28 years old. Instead of shelling out the, the top dollars for him, I can get rid of him, and I'm not sure what they would get in return because someone's going to have to pay a, a, a big contract to Orlando Brown. But, you know, there are some teams that very well could use a left tackle. Maybe that will be the biggest difference to them. It'll be interesting to see what Kansas City chooses to do. But the franchise tag is going to be the – the obvious answer for Elena Brown. It just gives you so many more options. And if he throws a fit, then he throws a fit. That's just something you just got to deal with, which is why in the draft, I think a tackle has to be a priority. Tackle has to be a priority for Kansas City this year. At 31, I know Matt Derrick said wide receiver. I'm sure that will be a sexy pick to a lot of people. I'm okay with boring picks by going after tackles. Go and get some value if you can. Go get someone that maybe won't be the starting left tackle for the future. But, heck, Kansas City was able to go after Creed Humphrey, and now he's the center of the future. They were able to go get Trey Smith. Now, maybe that's you know an outlier, but surely there'll be someone else that could fall in the draft. Maybe you take your, your chances on a guy there and have that guy in your back pocket. 
it just gives you so many so many more possibilities rather than going ahead and giving a long-term contract extension now and then regretting it later on. So my guess is that they would slap the tag on Orlando Brown Jr. just because it's just the move that makes the most sense for Kansas City. Any way that Orlando Brown does not get the franchise tag, Jack. I wouldn't say there's no way he doesn't get it. I think he'll at least get the franchise tag, and it will come down to, you know, whether he wants that extension or not, or whether the Chiefs view like they have enough options in-house right now to move forward without him. Uh, I think the biggest question mark for this team is how they see Lucas Niang shaking out for their future. Do they want to move a guy like Joe Tooney to left tackle and move Darian Kennard inside? Uh, maybe go with Nick Allegretti. Uh, there's option the Chiefs have, and I think it really comes down to you know, if they can trust Lucas Nying with the future of Patrick Mahomes or trust Joe Tooney moving a spot and trusting the interior with a guy like Darian Kennard. That's what I think it comes down more to than if they believe Orlando Brown Jr. deserves the contract. Hey, he was a hell of a left tackle at the tail end of the season, but we also saw some really, really weak points for OBJ at the early parts of the year. And I think if he's asking to be the highest paid left tackle, well, Brett Veach, I mean, you kind of showed us at a different position that when you have players wanting top money, wanting to be the highest paid guy at his position, you go, sorry, bye-bye, but we can move on without you. And I think I'll always go back to that scenario with Tyreek Hill and, and how important he was to that team. And Brett Veach just kind of said, all right, we're not going to give you that. Whereas now I think with Orlando Brown Jr., if he's continuously asking for top dollar, just pull up the numbers and go, look, we don't have a guy that's better than you at the position, but we may have a guy that could be just fine at that position. You know, Maybe Lucas Niang, if healthy, could be just a fine left tackle. Or you just go and try to piece together your offensive line. Uh, you can't really go out there and say this Chiefs offensive line, the tackle positions, dominated everybody. That'd be a different story. If OBJ was the best or second best tackle in the NFL, then we're in a different conversation. Reality was, he wasn't. And we've seen a guy like Andrew Wiley, a different position at right tackle, but Andrew Wiley stepped in, was just fine. And the Chiefs are good at finding value there, and I think they used a couple of draft picks on their interior line and for a tackle position to be prepared for a situation like this. So I'm not truly worried about the Orlando Brown Jr. sweepstakes here because I feel like Brett Veach understands, you know, if they want to give him the big-time money, I'm fine with it. I really am. I think he can be a good left tackle for the future. At the same time, I'm not shedding tears if they do let him walk away or find a way to trade him because they've shown in the past they can find somebody at that position to hold it down nicely. Orlando Brown Jr. was a good left tackle. He wasn't a irreplaceable left tackle is where I probably settle with it. Yeah, I think that's a good way to look at it. By the way, some of the other tag dollars, in case you're wondering, O-line at $18.244 million. Quarterback is $32.416 million. That's the highest, which is no surprise. The next highest is actually the linebacker at 20.926 mil. Defensive end, 19.727 mil. Wide receivers, $19.743 million. Defensive tackles, 18.937 mil. Cornerbacks, 18.14 mil. Safety, 14.46. Tight end, 11.345. And running back at 10.091. Other franchise tag candidates, rapid fire, Jack. Josh Jacobs for the Las Vegas Raiders, does he get tagged? Oh, yeah, I, know, I do I do think he gets tagged. Agreed. Jesse Bates for the Bengals. No. I think he hits the market, too. Yeah, 
I think he hits the market. We already talked about, talked about Orlando Brown Jr. Dalton Schultz of Dallas. It's Ooh. only $11.34 million for Dallas, but it's an interesting one for sure. I think Dalton will go back to Dallas on that tag. What about Tony Pollard? That has to be a given, right? Yeah, no, I think he feels pretty with the way with that, that yeah. the the way that they've been able to operate him and Zeke both. Yeah. Like, come on, like that just seems like a, a no brainer. Saquon Barkley. Ooh, I think he'll test the market. I think he'll test the market too. Didn't have that bad of a year, obviously. Now the real fun, Geno Smith. Oh man, my guy Gino. Um <laughs> I think he'll take the tag here. I think it's probably safe to take the tag. Don't bet on yourself. For thirty for thirty two point yeah. yeah, for yeah. thirty two million dollars <laughs> yeah. for Gino. Yeah. That's probably smart. I'd probably take the money and call it good too. Gino Smith, thirty two point four one six mil book it, according to Jack Johnson. Now, of course, you know, that's if, you know, Seattle wants to actually tag him. Keep in mind the the franchise has to to do that first. They have to slap the tag on first and foremost. And then secondly, it comes down to the player for signing the tender by a certain date and so on and so forth. You name it. So that's how that works. <laughs> but Geno Smith, your boy. Yeah, that's probably a, a smart move there for Seattle to do that. Here's the thing. You, don't, you can only do one franchise tag. So if Saquon's going to test, does that mean Daniel Jones is going to get slapped the tag? I think they would probably value Daniel Jones in this situation more than Saquon. As crazy as that sounds, and you would have not believed me at the beginning of the year, <laughs> it's your quarterback, man. I don't Danny think that, Dimes, yeah. baby. It's your quarterback. Danny Dimes. Did you see that the projection for him for a contract? Yeah. 200 mil. Yeah. <laughs> That's just for ridiculous. Daniel Jones. $200 million for Danny Dimes. I like me some Danny Dimes. I don't know if I would like him that much, if you know what I mean. Last but not least, Lamar Jackson. I've the heard Ravens. It. I Ravens. Thought, Ravens have to, right? They have don't to. they have to tag him? They, they, they do have, have to tag him. Yeah, but I did. I think Jason Lock and Forrest said that you know he uh, was going to test the waters or that they wanted to go separate ways. I have my doubts, so I think Baltimore will try to tag him. They have to tag him, right? I just my, my guess is yes. Just because of of all of the just just because of of again Baltimore, you, you got to get something out of Lamar, don't you? You have to get something, whether that might be trade picks or or whatever. You have to get something out of Lamar. You can't let him just walk, right? No, I don't think you can let him walk. But I, I don't think those that relationship's not very strong right now. It's very shaky, to say the least. I don't think he's going to be a Raven. But I do think Baltimore has to slap the tag on him and then try to figure it out after that. All right, that does it for that. Let us take our final break. When we come back, take two Tuesday with Jack Johnson, and we'll tell you about some not-so-great news in the college basketball world. That's next here on The Pulse on ESPN Wichita. The heartbeat of Wichita sports fans. The Pulse on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Okay, import footage. How was the hard drive already full? Juwan's Pilates studio converted to entirely virtual classes. But leading and editing sessions is stretching her too thin. It says render failed. 
what I what I do. Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. We instantly connect you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Earn up to $500 in sponsored job credits by conducting interviews on Indeed. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Terms and conditions apply. Are you over 50? Would you like to get up to 33% more income in retirement? Then call now for this free book, Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers, from a leading financial firm on maximizing your income in retirement. That's right, free. This free book reveals little-known truths about annuities in simple-to-understand terms that will help you make the right choices before buying an annuity. And it's free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report, summarizing the rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. Call 800-715-9880. That's right. Annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and annuity rate report. Both absolutely free for calling today. Call 800-715-9880. That's 800-715-9880. Sponsored by Annuity General. Producers have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer. Increased income is possible using strategies suited to your goals and may require buying multiple annuities and holding them full term. These days, my budget could really use a boost, which is why I love shopping at Kohl's. With the epic deals going on right now, I got myself some cute tees for under 7 bucks each. Oh, and all my fall home decor, 40% off. Not to mention, everyone in my family got boots for under $40 each. Plus, I earn Kohl's cash. Yep, just a few hacks to work around inflation. Select styles. Offers end September 11th. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. KFC knows that when it comes to chicken sandwiches, there's good and there's finger licking good. A chicken sandwich? That's good. A 100% white meat KFC chicken sandwich so delicious it forces you to rethink everything you know about sandwiches, including whether or not they even need buns, but then you remember how good a brioche bun can be and then having to rethink your rethinking? That's finger licking good. KFC's chicken sandwich, always served hot and crispy in your choice of classic or spicy. Order now on the KFC app. Kentucky Fried Chicken, that's finger licking good. Prices and product availability may vary. Entrepreneurs Wanted. With over 25 years as a commercial real estate leader in Wichita, Occidental Management is proud to support entrepreneurs in the markets we live and work. Many of our tenants are startups, and they help drive the growth of the Wichita business community. The company culture at Occidental Management is one that celebrates entrepreneurship. We are committed to engaging with startup businesses to support their growth. At Occidental Management, our philosophy is to be a business partner with our tenants. To learn more, visit OCCMGMT.com or call 316 260 to 3331 is this bowling for soup ding 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 this is a jam by the way oh it's fantastic such a jam. Music video is great too. I've never seen the music video. Oh, I strongly suggest. Okay, put that on my list here in about eight minutes when I officially wrap things up. 1985, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, terrific. That's a bop right there. All right, we're almost done. Coming up, Seren Petro with the program. They're still out there in Arizona. I believe today was the last day. I think for Seren. So. You'll hear from Saran here shortly. And then tonight we have K-State and uh, Baylor. 5 o'clock pregame tip-off at 6. 
So you're only getting Saran Petro for an hour. Big game tonight for the Wildcats and the Baylor Bears, for that matter. We didn't have a lot of time to really talk about that, but we'll recap it tomorrow with Wyatt Thompson, voice of the Kansas State Wildcats. Quickly, take two Tuesday with Jack Johnson. We got to talk about this tomorrow. We don't have time to do it now. Alabama star Brandon Miller allegedly provided the handgun that was used to kill a woman last month. Heard that correctly. And Nate Oates, the head coach of Alabama, he basically said, oh, those kids, kids, right? They're crazy, right? That was basically his take. Wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, excuse me, what? We don't have enough time to talk about that right now. Just breaking news that's coming in and just shaking my head. Jack, take two Tuesday. Uh, speaking of music videos, pick your two favorite music videos if you can remember uh, any of those that you watched growing up on MTV <laughs> what? or something. What you didn't watch heck? MTV growing up? What the hell? What the hell? Okay, so Beastie Boys. Okay, Intergalactic. I will never forget that music video. I'm trying to think of another music video. Like you weren't a big MTV music video guy. What's the? Oh, I'm trying to think now. Is it Black Hole Sun? Remember that creepy music video? Oh yeah, no, that one was uncomfortable. That's another one that stands out. Black Hole Sun and Intergalactic. What a weird selection! But those are the top two that that come to my mind. So that must be it. I can support it. <laughs> I can definitely support it. All right, now it's the only thing you go with. Yeah, this is an easier question for you. Your two pump-up songs you used to listen to before, and specifically here, basketball games. <laughs> Has to be basketball, huh? Yeah, can't, can't be football. Can't be football. It does change a little bit, doesn't it? It does. You do have to switch up your songs a little bit. The one thing that we used to listen to all the time was by Jewel Santana. And i got to remember the actual name. Give me one second. I'm trying to remember the actual song. I think it's coming up, if I remember correctly. Second Coming. Jewel Santana, Uh, Second Coming. That's one that we always listen to. He was with Just Blaze. As you can see, I still very much listen to it to this day on my workout playlist. No, I haven't listened to that in a long, long time. But that's definitely one that we listened to as a group. That was, like, really our song. I don't know why, but it was. We used to listen to, after games, we used to listen to uh, Roxanne for my boy's basketball coach. His wife was named Roxanne, so we used to have some fun doing that. The other one... Gosh, I don't know. I'm going to run out of time because I used to switch it up. I never really had one song that I had to listen to. And obviously, I've listened to more songs now. They're a little bit newer than back then. So back then, it was just kind of whatever was playing on the jukebox CD player. I'll just go with the second coming, and then I'll tell you about the rest later on because we got to go. We're out of time. Coming up tomorrow. Sidney McKinney, Wyatt Thompson, Isaac Brown Audio. It's coming up tomorrow from 2 to 4 here on The Pulse. If you missed any of today's show, check it out later on the podcast page, ESPNWichita.com. 
For producer Jack Johnson, I'm Pat Stroppman saying so long, Wichita. See you tomorrow. Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton.